Welcome to episode 33 of Royally Rumbled. I'm Jordan. I am Robert. And today this is week three. Episode 33. Week three. Battle for the crown. Who takes it home today? Yeah, if you've been keeping up, uh, when we started week one, head-to-head AEW versus NXT, NXT won the very first week. They won the crown. And not to be outdone, the second week, AEW did just a little bit more. Just a little bit of the bubbly, if you will, to put themselves over, and we had AEW win week two. So here we are, the rubber week, week three, to see who is going to win. So since AEW won last week, we decided that we would watch their show live. So that's exactly what we did. So we're going to lead off this week talking about AEW from October 16th. And the first match we have is SCU versus the Best Friends, which is a quarterfinal match in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. Yeah, and we were supposed to get uh, Kazarian and Daniels as the SCU formation for that matchup. And what happened? Yeah, we got the Lucha Brothers coming on out, acting like heels. Are they heels? Because I thought SCU was supposed to be heels. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) Pentagon hit that package pile driver on the ramp to Daniels, and Daniels was done. Looked Um, brutal, by the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um but it was a very interesting way to lead the show off because within the first two minutes, you had a guy getting stretchered out. (laughs) Um, I'm very upset that I didn't get to watch Christopher Daniels wrestle. (laughs) Like very, but you got Scorpio sky stepping in. I, I, like I said, I don't know who was supposed to be the heel team and who was supposed to be the face team because the best friends came out I was 100% certain that they were faces, but they wrestled mm-hmm. like heels. Yeah, there was some sort of turn in the match. <laughs> the crowd seemed to really get behind SCU in the midst of the match. But they were behind um, the best friends as well. Right. No, yeah, yeah. They just cheer for everyone. The AEW live crowd cheers for everyone and boos nobody. Even yeah. when Jericho told them to shut up and that they're stupid, they cheered that. But at least Jericho, like, wrestles like a heel. Like, he's supposed to be a heel. Oh, but, yeah, like, yeah, No, absolutely. But and there's not even necessarily anything bad about booing or cheering a heel versus booing or cheering a face. But, like, when the psychology of the match centers around the way that you are wrestling and the style that you are wrestling and you're biting your opponents and mm-hmm. kicking mm-hmm. them while they're down and attacking the non-legal man... Like, those are all heel tactics. So why yeah. are they getting cheered? These are all great questions, Jordan. <laughs> so like, I <laughs> and I just... wish I could. I wish I could answer them for you. I wish there was. Uh, I wish I could. I wish Cody could sit down and answer them for us. But to be honest with you, I don't think that there is an answer. One of the biggest issues that I had with this match was they were literally squashing Kaz. And the crowd was chanting, this is awesome. Yes. Right out of the gate, they were chanting, this is awesome. (laughs) Which, like, maybe if the situation warranted it, that would be fine. But it's literally two guys beating down one guy. Why am I not supposed to be sympathetic for Kaz in that situation? Because, um... And then, like, um, he made the hot tag and Scorpio Sky came in and the crowd went bananas. They erupted. Which was awesome, because, like, I'm like, okay, so maybe SCU's the good guys here and we're supposed to be cheering for them. And we're supposed to feel bad because their partner was attacked right before the match. And Scorpio mm-hmm. Sky, like, wasn't prepared to be in the match, but he, he came to the rescue, to, like, his partner's aid. It's a very face move to step up. He was wrestling with no shoes. Yeah. At one point, he lost one shoe and then threw the other one off. Because the best friends took his shoe off and threw it. And then bit his foot. Like, And the crowd's chanting, this is awesome. 
Mm-hmm. They like their feet people in <laughs> Philly, apparently. They're all feet people. <laughs> Shout out Temple U. <laughs> there, there was a lot of good elements to the match, don't get me wrong. Like Trent and Chuck taking each other out on the dive. That was a cool spot. I also liked the um, the assisted tornado DDT. Yes, always. Always Very looks cool. really good. The eat, um, defeat, and suplex combination. Mm-hmm. Dude, and Kazarian springboard leg drop. Yes. Friggin' thing of beauty. When yes. I was when I was training to wrestle, I was watching some Frankie Kazarian matches and studying them, and I actually adopted his springboard leg drop. Uh, I did not do it nearly as good or crisp or beautiful as him. He just kind of looks like he's levitating. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, very. His his body position is very sturdy, like he's not wavering. Um, I do. I, it looked really good. And then later on, we got the uh, the Doomsday Knee. Yeah, which is a cool name for a finisher. Yeah. And then, speaking of finishers... <laughs> well, I guess that's what happens when both teams eventually wrestle like heels. Because <laughs> earlier in the match, uh, the best friends went for a hug, and Scorpio Sky broke it up, and the crowd booed him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who had just exploded for earlier, they were now booing. So both teams wrestled like heels... And then there was some sort of miscommunication, mistiming on the finish. And uh, Scorpio Sky kind of hit like a drop kick to the side of the head. And I don't uh, know. I Yeah. Even if so, even if that move goes off without a hitch, what is it supposed to look like? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. We weren't like, shown any footage of them prior. I don't like I'm not. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm shitting on the move itself. Because I guess, like, the redirection in the air from the dropkick through the powerbomb could be cool. Um, But that's, like, a super precision maneuver. And they had gone, at that point, how deep was that match? Because it was a 20-minute time limit. Yeah, they were... So they were, like, 17 minutes in or something? Yeah, 15, 17 minutes. Um... And then you're gonna try to do a power bomb, like a just like a full blown, <laughs> gut him up power bomb, <laughs> and it just didn't work out. Like they, there was a, it was a sloppy exchange on that, and then uh, uh, Scorpio and then, Sky tried to squeeze that that drop kick in wherever he could. Yeah, and and then there was also like confusion because I wasn't even a hundred percent sure who the legal man was. Well. AEW, um, without telling you, has very lax referee rules. So uh, the referee probably doesn't. He'll just count. If you pin somebody, he will probably just count. It was just an awkward ending, the whole post-match celebration, because Scorpio Sky was clearly not pleased with his performance Yeah, there. no, he was very pissed off at himself for that. But also, he wasn't prepared to be in the match, so... That's true. He didn't have time to study tape or whatever uh, the kayfabe thing is that wrestlers do before matches. <laughs> so coming out of the uh, so SCU won by pinfall, and coming out of that match, we got a uh, a tune-up match for Santana and Ortiz of the Inner Circle um, against who are known on the Indies as the Beaver Boys, but were billed on Dynamite as local talent. Yeah, uh, definitely with this match, it was a step up from the last one because there was a clear heel-face dynamic going on. And Mm -hmm. like you said, this was just a tune-up match for Santana and Ortiz. And they got huge offense in. Yeah, Santana looked fantastic in this match, specifically him. Yeah, we we tweeted, we texted each other uh, that we both, as we were watching it, were like, Santana's that dude. Like, he could be a a single star all by himself, taking nothing away from Ortiz. But Santana, for whatever reason, pops out for me. Yeah, he definitely has an it factor. Um, and then they hit their finisher, which they call the Street Sweeper, which is the the blockbuster and sit-out powerbomb. Yeah, it was a fun little quick match. Um, I'm glad we finally got to see Santana and Ortiz like 
do things and not just yes. be involved with a beatdown. Yes, definitely. They needed a a match to showcase what they're able to do. So transitioning from that, we get the AEW Women's Championship match as Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, I said it this time, versus <laughs> Riho, the champion. And this was the first title defense for Riho. And what a title defense it was, Robert. What a match. <laughs> uh, yeah, so In... neither Jordan nor myself um, very much liked this match. I guess that's a, is that a nice way to put it? Yeah, no, we hated it. It was garbage. <laughs> it was a garbage match. Holy shit. <laughs> um, Rio is not good. <laughs> Like, Did you know, fun fact about Rio, I don't know if you knew this, um, it's probably the only story <laughs> that <laughs> that they're pushing I know where you're in going. a way that is unbearable. Uh, she was wrestling since she was nine years old? Nine? N- nine years old. Oh. Not even ten. She wasn't even double digits and she began her wrestling training. The first note that I put for this match is, why are they locking up? <laughs> And then they rolled around a bit, like, real messy. Real messy <sighs> opening. I um, like that they named Britt Baker's finisher Lockjaw. Yeah, that's cool. That's a sweet name for the move. They did a good job putting that move over this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just going, like, way too fast. Way too fast. They a, were tripping each other up. Yeah. It was a very sloppy back and forth. And I'm sure... And I said, I believe I texted this to you as well. I'm sure Britt Baker is a great wrestler. Um, she just needs somebody in the ring to help her showcase that. Someone who's perhaps competent. And Riho's not who that is. I don't know. I And the fans uh, seem completely enamored with her. <laughs> I don't get it. Didn't capture me. Didn't capture me night one. Definitely didn't capture me in that tag match last week. And then this week is is she's got a title defense against her partner from a week before. Um, and it just swing and a miss for yeah, me. The whole the whole match fell apart. Um, Riho's like good when she's doing like that victory roll into the double stomp. Like I thought that was oh, a really yeah. cool move. Oh, she can hit. A victory roll into a double stomp like nobody's business. <laughs> but, like, and this plays into her size. And I know people are going to be like, oh, my God. But just, like, listen. There's a right <laughs> way to wrestle when you're a smaller opponent. And then there's a wrong way. The wrong way is the way Rio wrestles, where she tries to body slam everyone. <laughs> and it just never works. Like, why... Yeah. Why would you continuously go to that well? Like, let me try to deadlift this person <laughs> that is bigger than my entire body. And Britt Baker's not a big woman. No, she's not. So, like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. She's not, she's not wrestling. The, the psychology is off. She's not wrestling no, for her she's size. just doing moves. Because, because later on in this show, the very next match is and and the and the um, main event are showcases in how to wrestle at a smaller size. Like, <laughs> there's a way to do it. She never, she's very rarely ever on the ground where the opponent is getting heat on her. Right. Yep. She's always, like, overpowering people somehow. She's like, I'm going to run and do a pump knee or something. Right. But, like, her knee, like, her knees don't even register. <laughs> like, when she, she straight out, I think she she did, like, an uh, like a forearm elbow situation yeah. to, to Britt Baker. And I was like, what did, how did, why did Britt, like, she barely even sold it because she probably didn't realize it happened. But her whole moveset should be using her opponent's size and weight against them and their own momentum. Because, like, I mean, like you said, the next match and then the main event, we saw a lot of that. 
and it made sense. So Hell, I'm even sorry, but the next three matches on this card have somebody who is severely undersized to everybody else. With with Jurassic Express, uh, Pac and Darby Allen, right? Yeah, <laughs> and they all are very capable. Pac is so believable, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you have Riho, who's not wrestling for what her size is. No, at all at all and it's three straight weeks of her on tv by the way she is not not appeared and had a match even she's had matches three straight weeks yeah it's time to uh maybe showcase some other women maybe perhaps if they have any (laughs) they do they, they have, have a whole women's roster that, like, most of them haven't even shown up on TV. I liked the finish because Britt Baker had her in a in a submission. Riho used her weight to roll her up. She did. She escaped it. She escaped it like she was AJ Styles on Samoa Joe <laughs> and got the pin. I just, I don't know. It could have been a lot better. It should have been a lot better. Stop trying to body slam people middle at like the start of the match but you don't yeah she doesn't even work them down to a body slam she's like northern lights yeah all of a sudden you're she's just hitting you with the northern lights and i'm like how is this 98 pound woman lifting you over her head like i get it she she clearly does it so like obviously it's possible but like when you're in a fight you're not just gonna work at least work towards the move yeah weaken your opponent's legs or get Work her while she's back. running at you so you could pop your hips and flip her over. Yeah. It's just as simple as that. And then they could be like, she used her momentum against her. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Hit, it t- hit her three like, times. She's like, strike, strike, strike. Northern Lights. <laughs> I don't know. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough. And she's their inaugural women's champion. So... um, I don't know what, like, what can they do about it? I'm just excited for someone else to win it. Anyway, so after that was over, they had a uh, handshake after the match because they were both uh, face. And then we got a another tag team match in the tag team tournament to determine the first ever AEW tag team champions. Um, it was Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Brothers. And... Um, we found out upon their entrance that Luchasaurus tore his hamstring in warm-ups and is out uh, indefinitely, I guess. Yeah, dude, that sucks. It so sucks because this match would have probably been the highest rated match I we've seen since covering these two shows, in my opinion, if Luchasaurus was in this match because he's awesome the dynamic between him and Jungle Boy is great. And then on the other side, we have uh, my favorite wrestler that doesn't wrestle for WWE in the world, Pentagon Jr., and his brother Phoenix. Yeah, that match would have been totally different had we actually gotten Luchasaurus in it. But as it stands, it wasn't a bad match. No. Um, and it was an example of how to use your uh, diminutive size to your advantage in a wrestling match. Yeah. And they really played up, I guess Lucha Brothers are heel, because they really played up Pentagon Jr. like just mocking him at the start of the match. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. way that they wrestled was heelish. So I yeah, guess that's no, what we're other doing. Than, other than the crowd relentlessly cheering for them, they were heels. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't understand how we're in week three of AEW and we were just treated to seeing the Lucha Brothers in action. But we got Riho three straight weeks. <laughs> so there you go. Lucha Brothers entrance was awesome. It was. Uh, and it was actually one of the first times during an a- AEW production that I heard the entrance music clearly. Yes. And I liked it. Yes, me too. Yeah, I'm just really glad that they played Marco's size into it because clearly uh, wrestling Twitter was outraged and then the other half of wrestling Twitter was outraged at the outrage. 
<laughs> well, but that's what we do. We have to stack the outrages. Yeah. Um, but but they played a size into it. They had great shine. Every time Marco and uh, Jungle Boy got any offense in, it always looked believable. And it looked Yeah, because he was just flying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved... I loved uh, Pentagon working the slaps and the kicks, just completely overbearing. Yep. On on uh, Marco for a while. Yep. Um, and then that single arm military press. Oh, how fucking awesome was that? And then uh, and then uh, uh, Jungle Boy tried to come in and make the save, and 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 Phoenix kicked his head off. <laughs> Phoenix has going all the way back to Lucha Underground. Some of the best super kicks ever. And he perfectly times the slap on his thigh with that kick and the the sound. I don't know if it's the material of his pants even (laughs) because it's so consistently the most nasty sound you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. I love it. Even when I go back and watch Lucha Underground. I I can't believe the sound that it makes when he when he slaps his thigh for a for a super kick. It's amazing. Yeah, dude, and Jungle Boy really impressed me in this match. Yes, because uh, I had never seen him before, but very very impressed. Loved the way he sold. Loved his offense, and I think, like we had said earlier, if Luchasaurus was in this match, it would have been a completely different match. Um, I also uh, a a quick tag heel tag team tactic that they kept going to was as pentagon is working marco in in the ring in his corner just pounding him down not even doing quick tags and stuff phoenix is off of the apron on the other side of the ring constantly cutting jungle boy down yeah (laughs) he did it like five times and i was like this is great because Marco has no chance. Yeah. Like that was what they did. They overbared. So like like so if Marco was just throwing power moves the entire match, <laughs> you'd be like this is dumb. <laughs> uh so that's I just all I wanted to say. <laughs> no, it made sense and like I said it they played up their cocky heel yeah. personas. Um it sucked cuz we got a commercial halfway through so they slowed everything down but Yep. Um yeah, it was a fun finish. We got the cross arm breaker back. Yes. And then uh that led into the package pile driver. The package pile driver with the stomp. With the double stomp. Yes. Which is a great tag to, team finish. Yeah. To the um <laughs> what did I call them yesterday <laughs> to you in the phone? I was like a, a high school freshman and a second grader is what <laughs> I said. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, and they got the uh, they got the pinfall victory, and the Lucha Lucha Brothers are moving on in the tournament. Moving on in the show, though, we got another tag team match. It's just tag team matches left and right here. Uh, we got Pack and John Moxley versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. And, and you mean and John Moxley. <laughs> yes that's exactly what i mean because he got a huge pop just because of justin roberts's announcing and the way that he elongated yeah like he's about to say cena but instead he just said moxley yeah and the crowd lost their minds yeah and moxley did his patented i don't know if i'm gonna walk forward or backward thing (laughs) (laughs) um yeah this match was a lot of fun. Dude, it was good. Uh, at first, I was very confused because everyone was just brawling. Um, mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. was just... It was I just, have the word brawling in my notes. It was just, <laughs> why are we all thing. brawling? I don't know. Um, and then, like, Hangman went right after Pac. Like, I wasn't sure that, like... Like, obviously, Pac isn't the legal man, but still, like, Hangman's over here diving out of the ring at him. Yep. And at first I was like not interested in this match, like when it started because of the way it was happening. Mm-hmm. And then Hangman took a bump on the edge of the ring and I yes. almost threw up. <laughs> and at that point I was like, all right, I'm glued. I'm in this. Yeah. 
Um, and right after that, Omega started hitting these Snapdragon suplexes. Mm-hmm. And they were gnarly. <laughs> Dude, Kenny's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this match specifically kind of highlighted his how good he actually is. Yeah, he completely owned the ring. Completely owned the ring while he was in it. And then, like, Hangman's still killing it. Like, he's hitting those beautiful moonsaults. And then the huge suicide dive from Hangman. Yes. Like, wiping him and Pac out. Like, holy crap, dude. Uh, it just kind of makes a... John Moxley's suicide dive pale in comparison. Yes. Because we oh saw God, that, yes. like, literally right before. And I was like, oh, he just did the thing where he, like, leaps out and pushes you away. <laughs> and then here comes Hangman, near like, the... full speed ahead, like, yeah. taking your it's head off. nowhere near the, the, the body sacrifice that Hangman is offering. Yeah. But then I guess disqualifications don't matter. Nope. Because referee's discretion or something. Yeah, unclear. <laughs> um, unclear. Because Moxley did hit Omega in the gut with that bat. And then Pac came in to kind of break it up. And he cut his finger open and Moxley just used the normal DDT. He's just back to using the normal DDT. Well, you know, maybe sometimes it's worth more to lift him, and sometimes it's just worth to get the uh, the quick one. Yeah. And then Kenny hit the, the V-trigger, which is the knee. Mm-hmm. And then Hangman hit the dead eye for the victory. Yeah, that was, a, that was an awesome, solid finish of the match. Definitely could have been better, um, given those little confusing bits. But otherwise, for the most part, I was thoroughly entertained. Yes, very good match. And then we transition to the main event of the evening, the first AEW championship defense uh, for Chris Jericho taking on Darby Allen. Yes, in a Philadelphia street fight. They had a good start and really good back and forth. And then Jericho took charge and used... Yeah. Um, but then... Allen used all of his momentum against him, which mm-hmm. is the correct way to put together <laughs> a big man, little man match. Yeah. He, um, Darby was out of the gate hot. Um, and then Jericho took control when he tossed him into the corner unceremoniously and he just died on the outside. Oh of yeah. The he ring. just does that thing where he like swings himself through the ropes. Yeah. And just crashes and burns. Yeah, and it looks brutal every time. That's his uh, Shawn Michaels corner bump. Yes, Where Shawn like, exactly. flips over the ropes. Darby Allen just dives through the ropes. Yeah, yeah, never touches the turnbuckle or a <laughs> rope and just disappears to the outside. Uh, I, I when that ha- I I sat up off of the couch and put my hands on my head because I thought it was an accident. <laughs> like. I legitimately if I didn't see him do that exact thing before I'd think it was an accident too I was like oh my god he's dead Uh (laughs) he was like gripping his knee on the outside yep totally sold it totally sold it dude that lawn dart into the stunner thing was cool yes that his I wish there was a name for it yeah nobody called it JR just called it a stunner this week they were just like oh (laughs) Uh, I, I keep, whenever, I, whenever he does it, I put it in my notes as a flip reverse stunner. I don't know what else to call it, <laughs> but it's, he's got to come up with some weird goth kid name for it. Yeah. I really, really liked this match a lot. And I was very interested up until the duct tape. I don't think we needed yeah. that. I thought it was cool cause we got some cool spots from it, but I don't think someone like Jericho needed to do that to someone like Darby Allen. I understand the, the argument against it because why would Jericho, your 48 year old world champion, who's been everywhere and done everything need to tape the hands of a 150 pound man to beat him. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I get the argument that Jericho is like the only true heel in the company, I guess. 
um, and wanted to make the kid suffer because he was the quote unquote pain maker. Um, so, you know, I don't have, I don't have as negative a take on the taping as, as you do, or some people that I've seen. Um, but I understand why there's the negativity towards it. Yeah. Uh, um, I loved what Alan was able to do with his arms taped. For sure. Cause he, it's, it still wasn't like it was a drawback for him, but it was almost like he didn't need his arms anyway. He was still capable of uh, doing his offense with zero arm work. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, the moonsault, the diving front flip. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it the Phoenix body attack or whatever the hell that corkscrew thing was that he did. Um, Jericho was great through all of that, saving him on those moves so he didn't actually you know he was actually taking them really well (laughs) yeah he protected him um and then jericho powerbombed him onto the skateboard (laughs) and i was like oh boy (laughs) (laughs) uh and he kicked out which i thought was insane yeah i thought that was a little uh a little much at that point and that's that's why like part of me is like all right you're taping this dude's hands behind his back you're beating the hell out of him. Why is he kicking out of like something like that? That big. Um, and I had said to you when the match had started, um, it's a street fight for the world title. Why wouldn't you pick up your skateboard and swing it at his face? Yeah. Um, maybe Jericho thought that that was a possibility and that's why he taped his arms. <laughs> I don't know. I'm totally fishing there. I'm just saying, um, but so here's here's where I do have an issue with the taping of his hands, because um, not only did Jericho need the tape mm-hmm. to win, this is part two of mine. Um, he also needed Jake Hager to come out and just punch him in the face off the top rope. Um, I th- my personal feeling about it is one or the other. Yeah. You know, if they if there was no outside interference and he just had the arms taped and eventually uh, submitted to the walls of Jericho or whatever yeah. they're calling it in AEW, um, then I'm like, okay. Or if the match is going great and then there's the outside interference and there's no tape, I'm like, okay. But doubling up, I think, is a lot. And I thought it was weird how Jericho had to distract Ref Aubrey. Yes. Um because it was because why fight. wouldn't she just let that go but it's a street fight true and there were rope breaks but there was too. also a rope break <laughs> like and the crowd was very vocal against the rope break yeah uh they they literally chanted it's a street fight <laughs> when the rope break happened um so that's kind of a difficult spot they because there's no set rules yeah why even have referees out there other than the count to three I don't know. They don't explain, and commentary doesn't do enough to explain no, they because just, they don't they, know. They half are the just time there either. having fun. <laughs> Jim Ross is like, "This is a street fight," but he's he's a good ring technician. He knows where he's at in the ring. He knows where the rope break <laughs> is. Truth. It might be the first time ever in a street fight that somebody was called a ring technician. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I didn't think of that at all. <laughs> Holy shit. It's just like um I don't know. <laughs> I wish I wish Hager didn't interfere. I think there's no harm in having Darby Allen lose to a guy like Jericho cuz I think it right, would have just right. elevated him regardless. But to stack the deck so much against him. Yeah. It's like not only are you against Chris Jericho, right? <laughs> and it's a I guess no rules match. Uh-huh. <laughs> um and then and then he tapes your arms behind your back. And then his big MMA heater came in and, and rocked you. So you couldn't win. Like there's that's there's so that's so many things against him. That's like that's one or two too many things in my opinion right yep 
once again, not a bad match by any means. No. It was one of the best matches of the night. Definitely. Um, just some logic stuff. Again. <laughs> yeah. However, this episode of AEW did not finish in a pull-apart brawl. So Yeah, there's a first time for everything. Yeah, they came out and had a little bit of the bubbly uh, to celebrate Jericho's massive victory over the 150-pound Darby Allen. <laughs> Which I guess is kind of funny. Yeah, like that's hilarious. They're like, yeah, you did it. <laughs> like they like they didn't believe he could. Like he overcame something. Yeah. I don't know. It's like that's funny. That's funny heel shit that I like. So we decided to go ahead and give AEW week three from October 16th a C. And that's everything taken into account. We know that the last three matches were pretty good. But those first three matches were kind of lackluster in our opinion. Um, but if you disagree, let us know. You could always add us on the Royally Rumbled Twitter or Instagram or Facebook even. So moving on from AEW over to NXT, uh, we kicked things off with the return of Tommaso Ciampa versus Angel Garza. It's unbelievable how fast he came back from that surgery. Unbelievable. And he looks fantastic. He's in ridiculously good shape. He might he might be in the best shape he's ever been in. Yeah. Well, now he could feel his friggin' hands, so... <laughs> Uh, the match itself started a little, a little too fast for me. It slowed down mm-hmm. a bit after they got their footing, but like it started way too fast, and I think it kind of tripped them both up. Yeah. Champa started firing up on him, which was awesome. And then that running knee in the corner looked brutal. Yeah. Yeah, that huge knee strike, man. I was like, that. that's one of the big spots of the match where it just changed the whole momentum. Yeah. And Angel Garza got some good offense in, kind of yeah. scattered throughout. Um, they did that whole deal with the pants gimmick where he ripped mm-hmm. it off. Um, and then Champa was about to um, <laughs> do the fairy tale ending to the pants <laughs> when Angel Garza tried to rush in and stop him because don't desecrate the pants. So uh, Champa winds up catching him in the ropes with the pants. To hit that snap DDT, which yeah. which he calls Willow's Bell, and it just looks so good, vicious, so good. <laughs> that's the, the that's the word that I could like. If you ask me to describe Champa Champa's return in one word, it's vicious. He was vicious in that match. Yeah, I agree. I really love Tommaso Champa. Really glad he's back. The next match uh, we got. A tag team match, NXT not to be outdone uh, <laughs> by giving us tag team matches also. Uh, but we got uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch taking on one half of Imperium, Fabian Aichner, and Marcel Barthel. And dude, they mentioned that uh, Fabian Aichner was in the Cruiserweight Classic, and I totally forgot. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they had mentioned huh. him cutting weight to make that 205 weight limit in that initial tournament. I completely forgot about that. So did but I. He's, so did I. He's so good. Both do both teams. <laughs> Incredible tag team maneuvers, teamwork, tag team wrestling. Like they are fan- the four, these four guys are fantastic specialists in that regard. Yes. Um, I'll say it every time Danny Birch is on a show, so I get the opportunity to talk about him. He's super underrated, and I love his work. Love it. He's like one or two generations too late for wrestling. Yeah. He's a real throwback kind of guy. Yeah. And and then once once the match broke down, it got even wilder. Yeah. It was, it was not. They're super fast pace. I just kept writing that down. Fast, fast, quick tags, fast. That double springboard moonsault, dude. Unbelievable. And even worse, the kick out of that like shocked yeah. me. Genuinely yeah. shocked me. I was expecting the three. It was one of those moments where it was one, two, and then I said the word three as he kicked right. out. And I was like, right. oh, I'm like sitting on my couch. 
My arms went up in the air. And then Imperium hit what they call the European bomb. <laughs> Dope. I love Such that Such a cool move. tag finisher. Because it's like a hesitation. He hits the European yeah. uppercut. And then there's like a moment where he like holds you and then slams you. Yeah, like you're able to separately take the impact yeah. as opposed to at the same time. Yeah, it just, the way that they did it looks different, but in a good way. Yeah, and uh, Imperium picked up the win, obviously. They were joined in the ring by Alexander Wolf, who was at ringside, but never made himself known. He didn't have to. No, no. And that's the beauty of but- that group. But that's what I'm saying. It's such a strange thing to have a th- a second or a third guy out there and to have them not even be near any action. I, like, forgot he was there. crazy. Yeah, so did I. So did I. Um. So I think kudos to them for that. That's, like, amazing. But I th- is it, like, part of their ring general? I mean, probably. We could probably safely assume that. So then the match that followed that, we were treated to Caden Carter versus Io Shirai. Give me all the Io Shirai. Yes, exactly. Um, I really liked the way that the match kicked off. They both looked really good. Um, They both got offense in on the other. They both uh, were reversing moves from the other. And then Caden even got more offense at the start. Yeah. Super athletic by the both of them, I thought. Really good match. Yeah, and Carter actually did that whole walk up the ropes, uh, roll through in like a victory roll, similar mm-hmm. to Riho does, mm-hmm. but instead of hitting the double stomp, she hit a super kick after the roll through. Yes. And it looked really good. The whole setup yeah. for it made sense. She used uh, Eos Shirai's movement and momentum against her. Really cool. And then, then we got that beautiful, disgusting German suplex from Io Shirai. I was going to say, talk about using somebody's weight and <laughs> momentum against them. Um, yeah, Io. It almost looked like she didn't get her over all the way. <laughs> you know? Uh, there was a point where I was like, they're both going to get dumped on their heads. Um, and she just completely obliterated her Mm -hmm. and then went to the top rope and hit the low angle moonsault again. Yeah. Uh, And that is like a quick, she's on the top rope and then she's bang and pinning you. Like I love, I almost love the low angle one more because the, the other moonsault, the huge moonsault is done by everybody. Yeah. But you like the body control to be like, okay, I'm gonna do a backflip, but I'm gonna completely change my trajectory on it. Is insane to me. Yeah, it the the amount of athleticism that it takes to do that in a controlled manner. Yeah, I'm huge for for Io Io Shirai, who picked up the victory here. Same. And then Io started a promo. And Rhea Ripley interrupted, which I I want that match right now. <laughs> well, it seems like we're going to get it. I'll stop recording, and I will watch that match. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait. Going to be insane. Um, then coming out of that, we got another match that I couldn't wait to see because these two guys are insane with one another. How do you have that good of chemistry with anybody? Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Dude, I don't know. They've wrestled all over the world, and it was so good. And every match has been so different from the other. It so has been. radically different. This was like this was like Kong versus Godzilla. This match. Yeah. They were just brutalizing one another with power moves and strikes. And Keith Lee worked the arm and the shoulder the whole match right the from the whole... get go. The whole match. The entire match. It let off with that shoulder block. And from yep. that point, he just targeted the arm and just continued to attack. 
he was doing he did the um the the arm lift <laughs> on a guy that's six foot seven, <laughs> almost three hundred pounds, which I was like, this is insane. Um, yeah, and then and then hit him with the pounce. Oh, I love that move. I love that move. Keith Lee doing the pounce is everything. <laughs> <laughs> the match continued to go. We got the frog splash on Djokovic's arm. Loved it. And and he just continually worked that body part the whole match. We got that big, massive spirit bomb. Yes. Which led to a rollout, which was smart on Djokovic's yep. part. Uh, because we're not doing near falls and killing finishers. They didn't do a near fall slash kick out of a finisher the whole match. No. Which, like, uh, if you're normally watching WWE, you'll see, like, oh, my God, Shawn Michaels hit a super kick. He's covering him. One, kick two, out. kick out. Yeah. They kick out of everything. So so they didn't they didn't go to that well for this match, which I thought was super smart. And then Dijakovic um, has some of my favorite offense on NXT. His moveset is fantastic. And that cyclone kick. Oh, will pop me every time. It's just impressive to see how large he is and then yes. just the speed and the rate of like motion that he can that he's able to accomplish. Yeah. yeah. Dijakovic might be 3 to 4 inches shorter than Kevin Nash. Um but Kevin Nash could not move that <laughs> way. <laughs> Nor did he have to technically not uh putting down Kevin Nash just saying like size comparison wise yeah Dijakovic can run circles around Kevin Nash yeah and dude Keith Lee I I can't even begin to express how much I actually enjoy him in the ring I think legitimately he could be the future world champion slash face of a company absolutely 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 love Um, the dude and I think what you're saying is that you bask in his glory. For he is limitless. <laughs> um, the massive suplex after three attempts. Dude, the deadlift? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. They do a great job capturing facial expressions on NXT, specifically mm-hmm. for Keith Lee, um, because it happened in their last match. He's like, nope, you're not. he's not getting out of this. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> Killed it. And just when you thought Djokovic had the the upper hand, Keith Lee reverses out of the electric chair position <laughs> into a poison rana, a reverse yeah. dragon rana, uh, whatever you want to call it. It was friggin' insane. He dumped Dude, him on his head. He did. He did, like... The level of trust <laughs> that you have to have at the size that they are to be like reverse Rana and call that <laughs> is unbelievable. But but going from trust to when they were sitting on the top rope, they were just like up there hanging out. Yeah. The core strength to stay up there. They went to the top rope so many times and I thought it was awesome. Because they made that they made this match different from the last one, different from the last one. Like, what haven't we done? Well, we haven't sat on the top turnbuckle for almost a whole match. Let's do it. <laughs> oh God, that's got to be like five, six hundred pounds on that top row. On that turnbuckle, yeah. And I, you know what? It's funny that you said their weights together because as the match started, I went, "What if they were a tag team?" Oh my God! Could you imagine? Oh my God! Like, it's over for everybody (laughs) if they're a tag team. Uh, The match ended with Roderick Strong coming out, thinking that he was smarter than everyone, trying to get a disqualification finish um, to end the match, which I thought really soured it. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Which, like, I just didn't think it was necessary. Like, you could have gotten to number one contender a million different ways. Double count out like one of their first times that they faced one another. You know what I mean? Like something. I think they just wanted a different finish. Double down where neither of them answered the call of 10. 
No, for sure. But I'm saying like Roderick Strong would be like, oh, they're not even good enough. They can't even beat each other. So why should they get a shot at me? You know, like at least this way they made it so that like Roddy's the shit heel, you know? Yeah, because next, is it next week? next week. Next week we get Roderick Strong defending the North American Championship against Lee and Dijakovic in a triple threat match for the North American Championship. Oh my God, are they going to be in war games? You know, I was thinking that too. The team of Undisputed Era versus Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic. Oh my God. In war games. I actually I have another idea for war games that's coming up in a little bit here. Okay. But let's talk about Matt Riddle coming off of his loss to Adam Cole in his championship match. He gets uh, Bronson Reed here. The Australian strong style guy. It's a real interesting mix of, of styles. I like it. Me too. I like Bronson Reed. Um, I like his look. I like his style. I like the way he moves in the ring because it's very surprising. It's not what you think. No, it's definitely not. Um, but Riddle got pretty much a lot of the offense in. Mm-hmm. Reed kind of stomped him out for a little bit, took over. But then Riddle connects with that bro to sleep. He connects with that giant power bomb, which I have no idea how he got him up. I don't know. And then Bronson kicked out of the final flash. Yeah. Which shocked me. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, uh, Reed looked really good, but Riddle kind of looked almost unbothered, which Mm kind of bugged me. But, like, the finish was really cool. Uh, I liked how they set it up where Reed tried to, like, go up and over him, and Riddle literally just caught him. In a tombstone. I'm like, Jesus. He he carried that man. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. He carried that man. I can't believe I can't believe it. Like I was in utter disbelief watching that finish because I was like, how did he get that guy up? It was good. It was good. It was very good. So Riddle won by pin. And then uh, we got the return match for Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox back from injury, taking on Tainara Conti. Yeah, I love Tainara's music, and I love her gimmick. Mm-hmm. My my <laughs> issue with this match is they seemed very rehearsed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like uh, they've definitely done that exact match at the PC like five times. Yeah, it's like they were waiting for each other to kind of react. I did like how the the arm drags and the judo throws looked. Yes. And I thought it was awesome how Conti was was holding on for all of it mm-hmm. and locking in another one and just rolling through. Yeah, I like that uh, they were calling the judo throws on commentary and then they yes. happened. So it was a nice yeah. setup into that. And then once Tegan fired up, it was all it was all over. Pretty much, we got the senton, the crossbody, and then the shiniest wizard for the finish. That senton was amazing, dude! Right? Because she does it like reverse from what everybody else does. Like Owens does the the cannonball, I guess, yeah. and he front flips. She like put her feet up and slammed her back into you like the opposite yeah, she direction. like jumps into it instead of through through it. it yeah i thought that was super super cool yeah it's definitely different and a good way to stick out um i'm kind of upset that tegan knox's big return kind of got overshadowed by tomaso champa's big return yeah two on the same shows a lot but like you had said we were talking earlier, there were a lot of matches on this show. A lot of matches, dude. Eight matches. Like, it's a lot. It's four matches an for hour. A two, for a two-hour show. That was a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I don't think it's necessarily a good thing either. No, it's just, it's, they could have at least, they could have cut two of these matches and let uh, left a little bit more room to breathe. Yeah, they could have had Pete and Dunne been... and Damian Priest go longer, and they could have yeah. had... Um, 
Tegan Knox and Tenara go longer. Yeah. That's probably what I would have done. Um, but coming out of so so Knox won by pin after the shiniest wizard. Yep. Um and then after the match, she was interviewed really quickly and uh Dakota Kai came out to celebrate with her friend and was immediately interrupted by Shayna Baszler and the horsewoman, um, who Shayna mocked Tegan and asked her if she thinks she deserves a title shot also and told her to get in line basically. Um, but how awesome would it be if we got a women's war games match this year with all of the people that Shayna has been pissing off? Oh my God. And versus Shayna and the, the horsewomen. Dude. How great. Give me that. And then you just pick one of them and make them heal and put them on Shayna's team and you got four on four. Give me that. How crazy will that be? I love it. Like, like I'm 100% for it. I just wanted to throw it out there because I feel like they're setting something up very big for there's a lot of women involved in this and that there's really only one way out, right? That would make sense. They did say that they're counting down to war games. Yeah, so just saying. Just throwing it out there for you. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, just throwing it out there for you. Anyway, uh, following that, we got a, uh, a rebound match from last week with Boa taking on Killian Dane. I like the camera work in Dane's entrance. Yes! I thought that was really cool. Every time they changed to a different angle, they would do the dramatic zoom. It worked. I think that's awesome. Little little shit like that. But anyway. Yeah, Boa brought the fight right to Dane, which I thought was cool. Huge kicks right out of the gate, um, utilizing his Muay Thai background, they said. Yeah. It's nice that we actually got to see some action from Boa this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but one thing that I noticed, he was selling his ribs throughout, even when he was like taking the fight to him. He was like, oh, I'm stretching my ribs out. This this hurts. This is tender, mm-hmm. which I thought mm-hmm. was awesome. Good on him yeah. for for thinking of that and, and doing that. One part specifically that I noticed was... Dane was on the outside and Boa rolled out the ring to run around at him. And when he was running, he like winced. He held his ribs. And I was like, yep, that's so smart. And then all of a sudden Dane just squashes him with that running low cross body. That cross body (laughs) always looks like a car accident. Um, absolutely brutal. And then to do it to the guy that you busted his ribs up, the week before awesome awesome storytelling yes definitely uh and then he hit the running senton and then (laughs) killian dane hit not one not two but three vader bombs (laughs) which i just thought was overkill in the best way yeah and uh i actually wrote this down while i was watching the match I think Killian Dane would have been WWF champion at some point in 1993 and 1994. Oh, definitely. I'm definitely. like looking at him. I'm going, he would have been a great opponent for guys like Undertaker, uh, guys like Diesel, guys like yeah. Psycho Sid. Like, yeah, like he's just he's got that look. And I'm far more impressed with him. Uh, with this attitude change than I was ever with him while he was in sanity. Yeah. Just, just my, he got, he has something to shine now. Yeah. You know, he, he stands it's all on him now. Yep. I thought the submission finish was very interesting. Yeah. They went with a, uh, a, what did they call it? It was a, a modified camel clutch. Yeah. Modified camel clutch. It had like an abdominal stretch involved in it as well which i thought was obviously the ribs it's like not not the camel clutch will hurt your ribs but then to turn them sideways yeah uh thought it was awesome yeah it's good good stuff uh all all of the storytelling within the match made sense all of the moves and it was quick but there was a lot they moved a lot forward yeah yeah and then we get the main event of the evening for me, 
It's the match of Wednesday. It's the best match of Wednesday. Pete Dunn versus Damian Priest. The Archer of Infamy. That's the nickname that they kept saying that I couldn't remember last week. <laughs> yeah, uh, this this match was great. Uh, it's a good way to put it. I love that Dunn got the upper hand by using the joint manipulation right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. It's so cool. The way he just powers his opponent's arms down and like steps on their arms. Like that stuff all looks like it'll kill yeah. you. And that yeah. goes along with like, clearly Pete Dunn was the undersized man in this match. Yeah. So I was just going to say he's working his size because he's, giving himself an equalizer yeah because nobody wants their fingers broken (laughs) doesn't matter how big you are exactly dunn hit that low missile drop kick to his knee yes taking his knee out uh it's just like smart maneuvers throughout this whole match unlike the way he was doing he was tearing him down priest reversed uh like that that hammer lock that Pete does when he's like, uh, like body scissors on you while you're standing. Yep. Uh, he reversed that into a Falcon arrow <laughs> during a commercial break. <laughs> the picture in picture commercial break got one of the biggest moves of the match in my opinion. Yeah. Cause that was insane. And we had talked about it last week, how you had said if they cut to a picture in picture commercial, most of the time the wrestlers will slow things down. But you had said they need to speed things up. They need to do bigger yeah. shit to keep people's attention on that picture in picture. Otherwise, it's just like, why even bother with the picture in picture? Right. So I think that they just executed away, that we'll very well here. And, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I thought what they did during the commercial break in this match was, was fantastic. And also in the commercial break, uh, Priest locked Dunn up for a suplex. And Dunn reversed it into an X-Plex. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> That's a huge it's a signature maneuver. That's amazing. Yeah, Dunn also hit that high-angle Liger Bomb. Priest really didn't do a lot until he hit that Razor's mm-hmm. Edge. Yeah. Which I popped for. I was like, oh my god, he hit yep, a Razor's Edge. I do love Scott Hall. I own all of his Elite Action figures. Anyway. <laughs> all six of them. Um, <laughs> The cyclone kick. Yep. In the corner, followed by that Frankensteiner. Or wait, slightly before that, he did the the step up front senton to the outside. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. A guy his size hit that middle rope and then leapt over it and did a front flip and landed on Pete Dunn. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, blew me away. Yeah. And this was my first time really getting to see Damian Priest like sell and, and like do his thing. His entrance mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, just like the way he carries himself in a match is awesome. Just throwing those vicious kicks. He hit that sit out choke slam, the fall from grace, I think he calls it. Yep. Great exchange back and forth from the two of them. Just like when they were trading blows and priest is just landing those kicks. Oh, it was, they were striking each other like their lives depended on it. And I, I loved the finish of this match. Really? I did. I loved it because it was a clear heel face dynamic. And I feel like the story was, Priest felt like he took Dunn to the absolute limit and wasn't sure if he was going to be able to get the victory, so he had to do something more. So he gets him in the corner, somehow also distracts the referee in a way that I thought was really interesting. It was. And then, and then stuck a, a low blow kick in there. just And out of nowhere, just hit him with a low blow kick, but then hit his finisher and then pinned him. Loved it. Because I don't think it makes Dunn look weak to have lost to a low blow and then take the finisher. No. Um, So you get your heel, your new heel bad guy over 
in a big way in his first big match on NXT. And Pete Dunne can take a loss and it's okay. Yeah. Like you get your, your cake and you get to eat it too. And it was a great match. So like neither guy looked bad throughout. No. Oh my God. It was a phenomenal My match. My I issue with match. the low blow finish was, I think, I just kind of wish Damian Priest did enough to get the clean win. But clearly this isn't over. And he also, earlier in the match, he also went for the dirty pin by getting his feet on That's the ropes. That's true. That's true. Okay, so, so he's been... They might have even telegraphed that the end was going to be something like that earlier. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see that. I definitely see that. Like, he, he showed his willingness, willingness to not play by the rules, necessarily. Yeah. Which I liked, because he's such an interesting character. Um, having seen him a few times watching ROH when he was Punishment Martinez... I was very interested to see how that would translate over here. And I think in some aspects, he has a better character now because he's not quote unquote himself. He gets to lose himself into a character. Yeah. I'm very excited to see where they go with that. For me, that was the match of this week, really uh, comparing the two shows. But speaking of the two shows, we gave AEW, a C for this week and we added everything up for NXT and we came up with a B for NXT. We just thought the matches had a little bit more to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, NXT wins the crown this week. It is now two to one with NXT picking up their second crown. And uh, we want to know what you guys think. So reach out to us on Twitter Instagram, Facebook, at Royally Rumbled. If you want to follow us individually and tell us why we're right slash wrong, uh, you can. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS, unless I have you blocked. And you could find... <laughs> oh, I was not expecting that. <laughs> And you can find me, Robert, on Instagram and Twitter at Yesball. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you have any critiques, any questions, comments, you just want to shout out on the show, be sure to reach out to us. We're always active and available on social media. For Royally Rumbled, I'm Jordan. I'm Robert. Who's going to win the battle for the crown? Tune in next week and each and every Friday after that to find out.